The Vangelist. The Vangelist.com. We'll see you Is next time. Is that a website? Time. Yeah. Okay. The redirects at the moment. I love the apostolic evangelist.com. Plug it. <laughs> Welcome to the Apostolic Evangelist. I'm here with Pastor Spencer Jordan, and we're going to be talking about faith is my evidence. I'm very excited for this conversation. We kind of had this oh, conversation man. a little bit uh, last week. Um, Spencer, why don't you tell a little about yourself, introduce yourself, what you're doing, your church going on here. And Yeah, Spencer Jordan. Um, I'm the campus pastor of Christian Life Church in Lebanon, Indiana. If you're not familiar with that term, uh, we are a multi-campus church. Uh, they are unique services, and some things are centralized, other things are localized. And we're working together to try to impact our region. And so I oversee our Lebanon campus. If you have never been to Christian Life Church or any of the campuses, check it out. Phenomenal church. You have moving into a new building soon. Thanks for right? the plug, man. We soon? are we're so close. Um, we are trying really hard for October 7th. Now don't don't tell that to your friends. I know this is going out online, but uh, <laughs> we're we're hoping for October 7th or at least close to that date we're making the final touches on our on our new building in Frankfurt and then of course we purchased a building here in Lebanon at uh, 1315 South Meridian Street. So uh, come and see us at two o'clock. Incredible things going on. Look for that announcement. It's going to be an awesome service. I got a, a sneak peek of the building and it is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. But today we are talking about faith is my evidence. And the reason I'm having this conversation with Spencer today is Spencer has a pretty similar story to mine as in just jumping out and stepping out on faith and God just ends up working it out. So we thought it would be really cool to be able to tell both of those stories Absolutely. in this one setting. But before we get into that, I want to go over quickly what is faith. Now what I like to look to when, I, when I'm when i thinking about what is faith is a scripture reading faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So there's two parts to that. First part is substance. So faith as a substance, that comes from the Greek word which I wrote this down because I don't speak Greek. Hypostasis. Hypostasis which means can mean foundation or what really exists under any appearance or the true reality. So that's mm -hmm. substance and as evidence it comes from the Greek word, you want to pronounce that? Elip you know, Elipical? I, 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 I'm, Elipical. Not a, I'm not a scholar either. either. No. I, I really thought I'd do good with the first one. Alright, okay. <laughs> Put you on the spot on the second one. So, so in the Greek, where it says evidence, it can mean signs, indications, or certain persuasion in the sense of refutation of adversaries. So this scripture it sets mm. up two different functions of faith. Faith as your substance or as your reality and then faith as your evidence or the signs and indications. I love it. So when you are going through life, life happens in seasons. You know, there, you, you go through different things in life. There are different times when you participate in different functions of ministry or different operations and where you're living and where you're working and whether you're single or you're sometimes married. Sometimes you're in a van. Sometimes you're living in a van. <laughs> Hopefully that's just for a season. But if you look at it as seasons, you can kind of look at it as like a timeline. So there's a, a starting point, a duration, and an ending point, and then it starts over. Yep. So faith as your substance is what keeps you through that season. Keeps you. So when you're in that season, you see your situation 
But all through that, you know there's an underlying reality that God's got something bigger for me than just this. Or if you're facing a situation that looks bleak or looks hopeless, you can know that the underlying reality is that it might look hopeless, but you still have a God that can supply all of your needs, and He will keep you through all of that. So throughout the season, faith is what keeps you. It's it's your foundation. It's saying that this mm -hmm. may be my season, but I know my reality is something greater than this. And then what happens is as you get ready to go into that next season of your life, faith comes in as signs and indications that it's time to take yeah. that next step. But oftentimes we, we miss those signs, right? We I, I, I like to draw um, the actual graph and put a stick figure and I say we're looking so hard for that next season saying mm -hmm. God win, God win, God win that oftentimes we miss yeah. the signs and the, the, the scripture says that I have placed signs in the heavens mm. which means you have to be looking up to see those signs if you're only looking at when is my next season coming you're going to miss the signs from looking up yeah. So if faith is your substance, don't don't be so worried about looking when, but look up and start looking at those signs. There's a quote from Charles Swindle that says, when you accept your calling, you're acknowledging that all of the past events that have happened in your life have been specifically for preparation for this calling. And I think that transfers over to seasons of your life really well. When you accept that God is bringing you into a new season, you're essentially looking back and saying, I see all of these signs that have prepared me for this next season. And what do we yeah. say the evidence was? That faith as my evidence is signs and indications. I wanted to add to that real yeah, quick. Yeah, jump right um, in. I just wanted to throw out there, you said that with faith you've got to look up. A few weeks ago, I was talking about uh, King Solomon. Okay. And of course, he was one of the wisest men in all of the earth. Right. And we were talking about the meaning of life. And you had mentioned that with faith, you have to look up. Yeah. And because it's, it's signs in the heavens. Mm -hmm. Look up from where you are. Right. And I talked about the fact that when when we're first introduced to him, we're introduced to him um, in a passage of scripture that says everything under the sun is vanity. And, he, and he's yeah. speaking of vanity, 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 vanity. All is vanity. And I said to our congregation, I said, the issue is that he was looking at what was under the sun ah, rather than under ar the sun. arising good. and looking up yeah, at, yeah. Was, at what was above it, at, at what was eternal. Right. And so to someone that may be in a situation that they need that faith factor mm -hmm. in their life to help them go forward with a situation or, or a decision, don't look at the circumstances in front of you. Look up from where you are. Arise where from where from. you are. Yeah. And, and look up exactly to where your help comes from. Because oftentimes when you look in front of you, in the same way that he said, vanity, vanity, all mm. everything under the sun is vanity. Sometimes in your situation, you're going to say, everything in front of me is desolation. Everything around me is defeat. Yeah. Everything I'm facing is darkness. Situation, situation, all is my situation. Right. There's but something under that there's situation. something, yes, look up from your situation. Look, yeah. arise from your circumstance. Get the vision like a falcon. He, 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 he is not designed, a falcon is not designed for the ground. Right. 
A falcon is designed for flight, and the interesting thing about a falcon is that what really gives him his power is not so much his wings, it's his sight, mm. because he can see something that, that you and I wouldn't be able to see, and so he's sure. able to identify things before they ever get to him. Mm. And so when when thinking of, of your situation, don't look at it as what you see right in front of you, like yeah. the falcon, arise from where you are and, and allow there to be foresight into what God is going to do not to it not not into what is right in front of you right and what happens is if you don't look up you you forget that your situation is not your reality yeah and when, when yeah. you have your head down and all is vanity all is vanity all is vanity you're not going to know when that next season's coming exactly because you right. haven't seen the signs. So you have to have both operations of faith. You have to yeah. have it operate as your reality and as your substance so that when it comes time for God to put you into that next season, that it then can be your evidence because That's you have right. seen the signs. There's another quote from Charles Swindle where he says, you, when you get to that point, this isn't the quote yet, but when you get to that point to step into that season, that's a choice. Mm -hmm. And if you've seen the signs, it's easier for you to make that choice right. to follow God's will. But if you haven't seen the signs, it's harder to make that choice. But Charles Wendell says that the result or the price you pay for ignoring that choice or ignoring God's design is frustration and mediocrity. Wow. And that is too great wow. of a price That's to pay so to ignore God's design. By the way, Charles Wendell is a was a pastor in the 19th century, prolific author. Um, fantastic book called Saying It Well. We talked about it on the last on last episode look that book up but essentially there are two operations of faith and that's what I want us to hit into in our in the two stories today is that there's operation during your season and then there's an operation to get you into that mm. next season so to substance season. and evidence and I wanted to add that that hypostasis and one of the best ways that I heard it said mm. was the underlining substructure of your reality and like and that. that was such an interesting phrase to me because when we look at where we're headed. Oftentimes we first gather what is around us. It's it's like a painter. You're going to look at your canvas sure. and, and what you have available to you. Sure. But when you recognize that faith is your substructure, your underlining base, right. it, you, you begin to understand that, that your future is not based upon what you currently have. It's not based upon your finances. Yeah. It's not based upon your connections. It's based upon what can you believe God for. Yeah. And so I, I, I love that terminology. Yeah, I know that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, your situation might look like you're helpless, but the reality is you serve a God who can do exceeding and abundantly above all that above you can all. ask or think. That's the reality. Right. So don't just look at the situation. So with that, Spencer, why don't we jump into your story and, and this whole journey of, of taking this campus. Absolutely. And when we talk about that story and the operations of faith in your life getting to this point. Absolutely. So for those of you that may not know, um, I will be 20 in September. So depending on when you're listening to this, um, I may be 19, I may be 20, and, and maybe sometime into the future, um, maybe, maybe 40 maybe, by now. Maybe <laughs> Our grandkids will listen to this. I don't know, but um, when uh, when we launched, we we've we began this journey. Um, I guess it's been well over a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, we started in January. Very weird time to start a church because sure. uh, it's it's very. Uh, first of all, it's cold out. That's yeah. hard on evangelism <laughs> and hard on events. Sure. And uh, let me tell you a little bit how we uh, 
kind of our journey of how we started. Absolutely. Um, now, I'm going to go ahead and make a side note that if you're looking to, to start a church, I'm not telling you that this is the way to do it. <laughs> In fact, I think that there are incredible ways to do it, but what it came down to was it came down to um, us feeling that we had to start something now. Sure. And we felt the, the urge of the Holy Ghost that while we would have loved to have done gone through certain programs or mm. had we, we would have loved to have done um, capital campaigns sure. reaching out to other people to help us create uh, create budgets for things like marketing and equipment sure. and, and, and and there's a lot of costs uh, we, we weren't able to do that unfortunately mm. and so the reason we weren't able to do that is because we felt like we we had to get something started now and that's what God kept confirming that sure. that now is the time and so the really the story goes back to actually when I was a kid um, we always felt like we needed to start something in the city of Lebanon uh, Lebanon uh, really had the void of a strong apostolic voice and there were those that had come and attempted to start things mm -hmm. um, however there weren't many that, that that were able to stick around and and and, and stay in the city sure and so we uh, the conversation really started young um, and at that time I knew I'd assist and it got me excited thinking yeah. about it um, but I never thought in a pastoral way. Sure. It was more so, yeah, I'll back my dad when it comes time for, for sure. him to to uh, start a daughter work at that time is kind of what we thought it was going to be. Sure. And, uh, and so as we move forward, that conversation would come back up over the years. And there came a time that... Um, I finally, we had been doing some street evangelism in the city of Lebanon, uh, back, baptized some homeless people right off of the street. Wow. Um, we were teaching Bible studies to people throughout the city. And at that time, it was literally a word of faith. We didn't yeah. have a plan of building, nothing. <laughs> sure. We were telling people, hey, we're going to be starting something in the city, getting to know people, building relationships, whatever we could do. And it wasn't necessarily in an organized sense. We didn't do sure. startup events. We didn't mm -hmm. do, and I think all those things are very good sure. it's just not what we did yeah. um, in Lebanon of course every city is unique Lebanon has its unique ways about it and so mm -hmm. every city you take a different approach and start yeah. a church um, but after an entire summer of doing street evangelism meeting people in the city mm -hmm. um, I felt such an urge of the Holy Ghost that we had to start something mm -hmm. I remember walking into my dad's room and, and funny enough many conversations have kind of gone like this with me and my dad yeah um, I walked into his bedroom probably close to midnight one night and uh, he was still awake uh, on his computer as oftentimes he is uh, working uh, the the midnight oil sure and I uh, I walked in and I had been in prayer and I said dad I said I'm not asking for money I'm asking for your permission I said I don't know how we're gonna do it but will you, will I have your blessing in going in and getting something started yeah. And for a long time, we'd had the conversation of delaying it, of starting after we finished our new building in Frankfurt. Mm. Um, we, we had a lot of, I mean, logically, anybody would have sure. waited. Sure. Um, but something had happened that night in prayer. And, and my dad looked at me and he said, go. He said, he said, do it and let's see what happens. And so we, 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 we went. Um, 
I began to look for facilities. And mind you, we had no budget. Um, <laughs> there was no budget allocated for this. Um, and uh, and so we begin to to research. And in Lebanon, it's a though it's a smaller city, it's the last city on the Indy Metro list. And so it is in some sense a larger area as far as ten mile within a ten mile radius of the church. There are over uh, I want to say it's sixty or seventy thousand people. Wow. And you know we're twenty three miles from downtown Indianapolis. And so though sure. Lebanon may constitute as a small city, there's a lot of people to to, to reach around this this region in this area. And so we begin looking for rental facilities, but in a in a small city, uh, of course, there's rental facilities maybe in Zionsville or there's sure. rental facilities ten miles down the highway. Right. Um, but there are not in the city of Lebanon. Um, I had so many meetings lined up trying to find facilities. It's not even funny. Mm -hmm. We were absolutely looking for anything at that point, and all we were able to find was a, a small little Holiday Inn conference center, and it. They said it was. Uh, it could seat uh, twenty. Now, don't tell the fire marshal, uh, <laughs> but I don't think it was built for twenty. Um, and we had as many as 42. Wow. We we went in. Um, luckily, over the years, I had gotten some various experience with sound equipment in various areas. Um, and we didn't necessarily... We had a team. And, uh, and it wasn't that we gave anybody a certain area. They just kind of found how they fit. Sure. And we went in and we had a, a first service in the city of Lebanon. And I, had, th I think we had... Uh, somewhere in between one and three guests and a team of 15 young people that were on fire and ready to go. That's awesome. And, uh, and we discovered, you know, it was such an interesting place to have church. Jordan, next door to us was the uh, handicap accessible room. And I remember uh, one particular service, still cracks me up thinking yeah. about it, that a, someone knocked on the wall and asked us to quiet down. And so it was it was absolutely the most inconvenient place sure. to have church. Sure. Um, in case you don't know, holiday and conference centers, at least in, in small little cities, are not really built to be conference centers. They're basically small hotel rooms that they call <laughs> conference centers. Yeah. Um, and so we packed in there, we made it happen. We'd wow. set up for service. We'd um, we would uh, just do everything we could do. And as I said, our largest service in the Karate Dojo, we had 42 people. And I'll tell you what was some some of the faith factor involved of it, in it. First of all, a lot of it's self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. No budget, no money, um, not much of a plan, just faith and a word from God. Yeah. Again, viewer discretion, um, you don't have to start a church that way. In fact, looking back, um, in some sense, I wish there were other ways we could have started it. I wish we would have had the budget and the building and everything else. Sure. But yeah. when God says go, you you absolutely go. I apologize. I've no, got a phone no, buzz in here. <laughs> um, and so I remember uh, preaching a message, and I talked about um, I, I, I talked about uh, Bethel, okay. um, the the place that was Jacob's place of slumber. Mm -hmm became Bethel being interpreted the house of God. Yeah. And so he takes, and I've actually heard you preach off of the same topic, yeah. that he takes his pillow and he sets it up as a pillar and he anoints the rock and he calls the place Bethel being interpreted the house of God. And I remember looking at our people and saying, even a place of slumber 
can be the house of God mm. when we anoint it and when it is ordained of God, this place will be a house of God. And so here we were in a place of slumber in a Holiday Inn conference center yeah. <laughs> and we anointed the rock. And what I love about that scripture too, jumping real quick, is in that story, um, when he changed it to Bethel, he changes the name to Bethel from Luz, which uh, means wickedness, perverseness, or crookedness. Yeah. So a world that has turned good to evil and evil to good. Yeah. He changes that. Because the thing, the Bethel, rock, the house of God. you know, we go back uh, to to when Jesus speaking to Peter mm -hmm. um, says, "Up on this rock I will build my church." Well, here, here's where the Catholic Church got it wrong. They said that rock was Peter, and that's not what the Scripture was saying. The rock is not a person, mm -hmm. and and I would tell our people this: the rock is not a location. The rock is a revelation, sure. and the revelation is Jesus. Yeah. And whether we're in gyms or holiday inns. We're going to build the church upon the revelation of who he is. Yeah. And so in oh. a in a Holiday Inn, anoint the rock. In a gymnasium, yeah. anoint the rock. Wherever you are, understand that your underlining reality, your underlining foundation, your substructure for things hoped for it is not your situation. It's not your building. It's not your budget. It's not your team. It's the rock. And the rock is Jesus. Yeah. And when you recognize that Jesus is your foundation... All of a sudden, you begin to understand what it means when it speaks of faith being your foundation. Right. Because when you understand who your God is, you understand the potential of what He can do. And so, into the future, and I'll be quick. I know I'm kind of draw, no, I'm, drawing I'm out this. the story. <laughs> um, after having service with as many as 42 people... Um, in the conference room. In the conference room that looked like it could seat 10 or 15. <laughs> it, I mean, if you, if you have never seen it... It's worth scrolling all the way back on my Instagram and and looking at the picture. It'll it'll blow your mind how tiny that that room sure. was. And uh, but we made it happen. And one Sunday we came in um, just about an hour before service. Mind you, we had it worked out where we just paid them for the for months in advance because mm -hmm. we expected to be there. Sure. And after. Um, several months. I mean, we just kind of were in a system. They knew we always rented it on Sundays, and, right. and that was that. I walked in, and um, I, I walked in on a Sunday. We are getting ready to bring in equipment and set up. We had our banners. We had our, our piano and our... Uh, I, I, I'd not even... I'd hesitate to call it a sound system. <laughs> um, the speakers. The, the, the speakers. <laughs> and... Uh, and we walked in. And by the way, I want to pause there and say, if you're starting a church, if you're starting anything, a ministry, don't be intimidated by what you have. Go. Even if it's Start a campus it. ministry. Even if it's a campus ministry. It, no, no matter what it is. And by the way, here in a moment, remind me, I want to talk about how that my school Bible study really uh, was training and equipping me at a very young age uh, for starting a church uh, a little later in, in, sure. my, in my ministry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I walked in one Sunday, and we, we began to set up, and uh, or rather we walked in to set up, and I opened the door, and the property manager, who had never been a, a very kind individual, sure. um, was standing in the room with building materials, I'm talking like heavy-duty building materials, stacked to the ceiling. So to my surprise and alarm, I walked in, and I smiled at him, and I said, could I, could I help you? Could I assist you uh, move some of that out? And he looked at me, and it was very obvious that it, this was uh, very um, intentional. Mm. He said, uh, 
no, 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 you didn't schedule for today. And I said, no, I said, a matter of fact, we, we schedule for every Sunday. We've been here for months. You know that. I know that. The, the staff knows that. He said, I'm sorry. He said, I've been meaning to tell you that uh, uh, last week was your last week. And you won't be renting with us any longer. Uh, he said, we've had complaints, which, by the way, we always check to make sure. sure. Um, I'm, I don't think there was ever a single complaint. We would mm -hmm. check to make sure there hadn't been. Sure. And we were very co 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 cooperative uh, with... Uh, with every everything that they asked of us sure and uh, and so really the reality of it is is I think they were getting sick and tired of of uh, church in the dojo and I think once we surpassed the the probably falsified uh, occupancy of 20 um, they they I understandably uh, needed us out they're a business we're a church and sure. that is that and uh, not everybody understands what we're trying to do and so we had one hour and uh, I had a team that I had to go outside and face and tell mm. them that we didn't have a building. And so this is where faith comes into, into play. We start praying. I get on the phone with business leaders, with um, different people through the city, uh, a, a woman that uh, works for the YMCA, seeing if there's anything anybody could help us with. Can we right. get in right now? Right. And, and people, I mean, when you get a phone call and they say, can we rent your building? right now i mean you should <laughs> in 20 <preferred>. minutes <laughs> we need your building now we need to set up we've got church in an hour wow and of course uh it was no after no after no and some people felt very bad but i mean when when it's not a lot of time it's, it's not <laughs> a lot of time sure and uh we walked in to a hotel just across the highway and uh there were a couple uh that didn't didn't speak much english um and they uh, weren't exactly sure what we were asking for <laughs> other than uh, we were asking we needed a place to rent to have a, a small session mm -hmm. and um, we rented a, a I kid you not we rented a breakfast center of a hotel nice. um, and, and this wasn't like a nice I, I shouldn't even call it a hotel it was more of a motel it was it was a very interesting place it was it was the place that you walk in and their ceiling tiles duct taped to held together sure. and the lights are off in the foyer to save sure. money been, i mean that's what places. i'm talking about <laughs> sure um but it was our only option we we had to have church and i knew that sunday we were going to have guests wow and so um they didn't allow us to set up our sound system we had to bring in just an acoustic guitar and uh we used our bus we bused people uh we had that placed at the uh, Holiday Inn, and then we tried to get the word out as much as we could just to go across the highway to this sure. other location. Of course, in shock, people still did, and we had guests that Sunday, and uh, God really changed a woman's life in such an inconvenient place. Never get caught up with inconvenience. Inconvenience yeah. um, is oftentimes uh, the greatest part of, of what will be your testimony and your, your miracle. Sure. But I got up, and I preached a message that Sunday. I talked about G.T. Haywood, what led him to the Azusa Street Revival, or sorry, rather William Seymour. Um, what led William Seymour to the Azusa Street Revival uh, was the fact that he got, he, he actually had gone there to preach for another church. Hmm. And when he preached to them the uh, revelation of the oneness of God, um, they, they became very angry. And he showed up to preach one Sunday morning, and there was a padlock on the door. Wow. They had literally padlocked him out of his own revival. And so his response to it 
was to begin having church on a front porch that would lead, later lead to a building. Uh, it was a. It was in fact just a mission. It, it went through several phases of being a horse stable and a hotel sure. and a very inconvenient place, similar setting. But it led him to really what would become the Azusa Street Revival. Wow. And so I said, perhaps this moment of being padlocked out of our own revival uh-huh. will lead to the great revival that God's seeking to do in the city of Lebanon. Absolutely. And truly it did. Um, I had one week to find a location, mm-hmm. and as I said, I'm trying to go quickly. Bear with me. This is a good story. Um, I had one one week to find a location. Um, I set up as many meetings as I could fit into one week, and I was going to be out of town uh, on Saturday. One Friday night, I'd reach the end of the week, heard no so many times in the week, I didn't want to hear it again. Yeah. And... Um, and we were shut out. We were shut out by the school. We were shut out by everybody we went to. They did not want a church um, on their property. And uh, and so Friday night, um, everything is closed. It's 8 o'clock. And I pull into a parking lot. And I'm on the verge of tears. And I'm just, God, what are we going to do? Um, and I look up. And there is a light on that says open. And it is a karate dojo. And I had literally reached the end of the rope. We'd contacted every place possible, heard Mm -hmm. so many no's, it's not even funny. And I walked in, and the owner was right there. And I literally looked him in the eye, and I said, would you mind renting your facility to a church on a weekly basis on Sundays? And with a big smile on his face, he said, absolutely. And from there on, we, we had church. Ladies and gentlemen, church in the dojo. I kid you not, we put it on flyers, church in the dojo. And, like. <laughs> and really what stuck with us is church like you've never experienced before. Sure. Because they thought it was a building, but really it was the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost yeah. that they, they had on. never experienced before. And um, we'd go in on Saturday nights. Um, I kid you not when I say there were swords on the wall. That's a great uh, first impression guest experience. Oh, yeah. And uh, we just kind of had to give context to that. And, Repent or else. And uh, hide as much as we could. <laughs> so, um, as I said, swords on the wall. Yep. Great guest experience. We really had to give context to that. Hide as much as we can. Make it look as good as we could. Funny smells in a karate dojo, by the way. Yeah, um, we invested that. a lot of money in Febreze every week. <laughs> sure. and, uh, and still to this day, we do. Church's budget for Febreze, I'm not even kidding, it is a is a lifesaver in, uh, in inconvenient places. This um, is a paid promotion. The, <laughs> I'm kidding, I wish. I, I wish Febreze. I had a Febreze bottle to hold out right now. Um, so, uh, church in the dojo. Um, had as many as, I believe 93 was the largest amount of wow. people we packed into the dojo. Um, we, um, by the way, our first baptism occurred in the, in the Holiday Inn swimming pool. That's awesome. And, uh, and so we were in the karate dojo. Um, I think we had baptized a couple of people. We just drove them into Frankfurt, to our Frankfurt campus, about mm-hmm. 20 minutes away. And baptized them in Frankfurt and brought them back to the city, um, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. And then... Uh, we, we had church faithfully in the dojo, and it was really, I mean, the dojo was so much larger than that Holiday and Conference Center, yeah. but still such an inconvenient place to have church. Oh, sure. We grew in the dojo, had many mighty things that God did, but you reach a point, you realize this is not sufficient sure. for the revival that God has, and I felt like that part of what would establish us in the city is a, is a building. Mm. Now, while I think that in many situations, having no overhead 
can be an incredible thing for a startup church when you, sure. when you don't have the overhead of a building and you can just simply rent a place that 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 can be a blessing however in our setting because no one had ever been able to stay in the city of Lebanon mm. um, a, a strong apostolic voice uh, we felt like a building was a step sure. and I actually just started praying and fasting mind you at this time we really had little to no income um, we uh, we we didn't have a way to fund the building. We definitely didn't have the credit to purchase sure. a building, and even our main location still finishing a, an amazing building project. But that ties up our finances there. Sure. And uh, I went to prayer and fasting, and uh, I think I was on the maybe the seventh or eighth day of a fast um, that I was just basically saying, God, I'm. By the way, fasting is not is not threatening God that I'm not going to eat if you don't bless me. <laughs> Fasting is preparing yourself to receive from God. Yeah. And and because oftentimes we have things that block us from receiving. Yeah. And good. so I was fasting. While on the fast, uh, a gentleman uh, that is an incredible individual and who is doing amazing things in his ministry um, came to me and he said, um, my wife and I feel led to make an offer on the building, and if we're able to, we will finance the building through our lender, and then the church, in essence, can purchase it off of us. Mm. And my, what a miracle, especially in the middle yeah. of a fast. Yeah. And so over the course of several weeks and negotiations, uh, they came down over $100,000 on the building, wow. which is unheard of anywhere. Yeah. Um, the building was full of equipment, including a digital soundboard. Um, I, I mean, I'm talking chairs, I'm talking microphone, everything you could imagine. Yeah. I'm not saying it was all up to date, but that is in and itself such an amazing blessing. Absolutely. And a lot of greenery. Uh, side note, if you want to show up with a truck, um, <laughs> you can have as much greenery, greenery as you would like. It's in our garage, and I'll leave it unlocked for you. Um, so much greenery, it's not even funny. But uh, I, some I, I think I just spoiled the story to say that we were able to raise the money. Uh, we we kind of we put out a, a video online, had people give as far as uh, California, and awesome. people all over the place um, give. Uh, and and truly, um, I'm so forever indebted to to the people that that not only gave of their money but also just gave of their prayers mm -hmm. um we we really could not have done it without all of those those many people that gave and um and we were able to purchase the building and since then we have been in such an incredible facility um on meridian street i like to say the meridian street revival and uh, as like much it. as there is to do to the building, uh, you know, we have kind of a reddish-orange carpet. I joke around with our guests, and I say that uh, we rolled out the red carpet for you today. Quite literally. Uh, quite literally. <laughs> but I say all that to say, and I, and I apologize if I've drawn out the no, story. I'm, no, it's good. You can see how many times we reached places where it's like, what are we going to do? Right. Um, to this day, uh, I don't say this in a boastful way whatsoever. Um, but the church is not in any position that I'm able to take an income. Sure. Um, that in itself for me was a step of faith sure. to put my life on pause and to say, I'm going to follow after God's plan for me. Sure. And sometimes it requires that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he said, sell all that you have and go and follow me. Yeah. And, uh, and quite literally, Jordan, you've done that. Uh, you you <laughs> yeah. quit your job and bought a van. And, uh, and sometimes uh, that principle, um, and I'm going to transition here a little bit into the conversation of faith. Yeah. The right sell ahead. all that you have and go and follow me. I want you to consider that when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he said, give us this day mm. our daily bread. The issue in the wilderness was that manna would come every morning. They were always guaranteed manna. Yeah. But they were selfish enough to try to store up More the manna. Yeah. And, it, and it draws, watch how Jesus in the New Testament draws from the very same principle in the Old Testament. Manna was the daily bread. Mm -hmm. But when they stored it, God became very upset with them. The manna spoiled, of course. Right. Um, and uh, and it, it's the principle of of the daily bread that he will be the sustainer of our yeah. today when we don't always know what tomorrow will hold. Yeah. And so sometimes God allows us to have just enough money to mm -hmm. get to, to <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. Um, sometimes God allows us um, to to just know how you know he's the he's the lamp unto the feet unto uh, our feet and the light unto our path. That doesn't mean we always know the path. It doesn't mean we always know where the path ends up. But we have enough light to see to take the next step. Yeah. And so in your walk with God, if you're getting ready to take a step of faith, first of all, consult with your pastor, speak with the spiritual authority in your life, take their advice. But second of all, don't be afraid to take the step because sometimes he's the giver of your daily bread. And while you may not know how it's all gonna work out, I want you to know that he will give you your daily bread. Yeah. Don't store the manna. Trust him that he's gonna take care of you. Absolutely. That's no. That's, that's a long story. It's a wonderful story. I, I want to um kind kind of recap, not necessarily the story, but how how I see it as broken down in, in, in a series of seasons. So I see in the story, and if there's anything yeah. that you disagree with, it, correct me. But I see three seasons. Yeah. I see a season of preparation mm -hmm. before pastoring. Yeah. Then I see a decision. And I didn't even get into that here in a moment. I will. Sure. Um, and I'll just briefly say that season of preparation was a school Bible study. Yeah. Uh, we called it I Pray. And, uh, and we called the whole thing, because at that time I was in middle school. My brother was doing um, FCA in high school. We called it Project 180, a complete turnaround in our schools, which was prior to um, having the resources of Project 7. And sure. so we were, we were kind of doing something on our own. And, uh, and during that time, we started with three people, me, my brother, and another, mm -hmm. another gentleman, very similar to starting a church with uh, very little. Sure, and, uh, sure. And over the course of uh, several years, we grew it to um, nearly 100. Um, I believe we actually had one where we had over 100 on Thursday mornings uh, just before school. But uh, going into a gymnasium, setting up, um, having a... 20-minute uh, service, if you will, and mm -hmm. sometimes even uh, acoustic music, yeah. speaking a, a simple message. And, and oftentimes, those kids would come to me with needing prayer or situations in their sure. life. It was truly the preparation yeah. for, I, I never even understood that God at such a young age was preparing me for what God was seeking to do. And so I honor all of those that are doing uh, school and campus ministries. But yes, that was the first season, season so, of preparation. So there's that season of preparation, and then there's the decision. Then there's a season yeah. of pastoring, but without a building. Yeah. And then there's a decision. And then now there's a season of pastoring with the building. So I want to look into that. So the first season of preparation, 
there are signs coming sign that maybe mm. you don't realize it at the time but you're in a bible study so many signs uh you know one time uh i pulled out of the holiday inn uh -huh. very unsure of where we were going next and i and i literally opened my bible my bible was sitting just on the center console and i opened it up to where that they had, were building the temple and that all of the wood necessary to build the temple on zion would be provided within the ecosystem of Lebanon. Yeah. And when I opened it up, I had never looked at the address. We always just said the Holiday Inn Conference sure. Center. Um, that everybody knew it. Mm -hmm. um, I looked up and I realized we were on Mount Zion Road That's and that awesome. everything needed to build God's temple, the church on Zion, Mount Zion Road, would be provided within the ecosystem, the city mm -hmm. of Lebanon. And trees represent people. And God truly yeah. would send the people to facilitate revival. But that was one of the many signs yeah. um, that, that God was speaking and that God was moving. So during those seasons, you get those signs. But if, if you're only concerned about your situation, you're not going to recognize them. You're not going to see them. So all, the, you, these signs are building up. And I love what you said at that first step. You said any other person logically would have waited. Would have waited. Log but here's the thing, logic. Church planter, I almost want to tell you to wait, but at the same time, step out on faith. God's got this. <laughs> you said any other person would have waited. Logically, I should have waited, but logic wasn't his evidence. Mm -mm. Logic's not no, no, your no. evidence. Logos. The Logos was my evidence exactly. in John 1. Uh, the Logos who who was God and is God and the Logos that became flesh. Jesus is your logic. And so if you're looking for logic anywhere else, you're, you're looking in all the wrong places. Because yeah. Jesus, see, when we don't have a building, there's Jesus. And when we don't mm -hmm. have the finances, there's Jesus. And I don't need the logic and understanding of man because on paper, this thing doesn't work. Right. Um, but when Jesus steps onto the scene, mm -hmm. he becomes the logic by exactly. which we move forward. I love it. So, so you can see, so you, you see that, right? You see the, these re repeating seasons of faith being the substance. Yeah. And then as the step comes, faith becomes your evidence to take that step. Yeah. And within evidence, uh, going back to the Greek, it means certain persuasion in the sense of refutation of yeah. adversaries. I am persuaded. So people saying it's not going to work. That's okay. I've seen these signs. Charles Swin says you've acknowledged that all the occurrences and signs have prepared you for this mm -hmm. moment. You're able to look back and say, faith is my evidence mm. to take this step. I don't need to logically be able to work it out on paper. Faith is my evidence to step into the next season. And then mm. it starts all over again. It's not all worked out just because you yeah. took the step. It yeah. goes back to faith is my reality. Faith and then reality. again, it comes to faith is my evidence to take the next step. Yeah. So I'm going to quickly go through my story, which if you've been following me, you probably know most of my story. But I I graduated from Indiana University with a degree in marketing and went into a full-time position in my field for Indiana University and it was a good job I enjoyed my job I was a recruiter for Indiana University where I got to travel to st. Louis northern Indiana wow. I'm speaking to crowds as much as 300 people it's preparation incredible. sign yeah. preparation preparation and and the other part of my job was managing um, the website for the admissions office which got more hits than any other still site in the university preparation. still preparation which got millions of hits every single year wow. more preparation um but as as i was i was content in that season you, you know just 
when you're in a season of your life, it's not always that it's bleak and it's hopeless. Mm -hmm. There, there are seasons that you're in that you can be content in. Yeah. And if you you get too content, you're. When you get to that choice, you might not make it. But I was content in my season. Mm -hmm. I knew God had something for me, but I you know I was happy where I was. Um, so I was hired on in the 1st of August. By October, we were in a prayer meeting, and I felt God very specifically speak to me and say, prepare Awaken to run without you. Now, Awaken was a campus ministry that I co-founded with Brian Lycan. It had been my life for two and a half to wow. three years. I loved Awaken Campus Ministry. I mean, every week I was either teaching or helping prepare or doing music. I said, God, that makes no sense. Mm. Why would I need to prepare Awaken wow. Run without me? Wow. I work for IU. I live in Bloomington. Awaken's my life. I said, okay, no, fine. I'll, I'll start start getting our Chloe Ward trained to, to run it. Fast forward a few months, um, it was about January, and I felt God very specifically say, get ready, there's a job change coming. So what are you, you, know, what are you talking about, God? Wow. I've, I've only been in this job for four months, I like my job, but I said, okay. So I started preparing myself, mm -hmm. resume, start looking at different things, start preparing for a job change coming. And then fast forward a few more months after that, um, my boss pulls me aside and says, hey, by the way, we want to let you know that your job no longer exists. Wow. That we are changing some things in our department and um, your job just doesn't exist anymore. But we're going to relocate you into this new job that's outside of your field of expertise. That's mm. not anything that you have any interest in doing whatsoever, but it's going to be okay because we think you'll be okay. I said, <laughs> huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then I go. I go and talk to my pastor. My pastor recommends maybe looking at some internships. Now, backtrack a little bit. I during the time I was working at Indiana University, I had this obnoxious, unrealistic, intense passion for tiny houses. Out of okay. nowhere, I thought tiny houses are the coolest thing in the world. Oh, this, this obsession was to the point where I taught myself a 3D modeling software and I built a tiny house down <laughs> to the framing of the lumber, piping diagrams. I enrolled, I enrolled in an online plumbing class wow. so I could figure out plumbing diagrams. Like It was an obsession to the point, but scripture says that he will give you the desires mm. of your heart. So yeah. I'm studying these tiny houses and then a few months later, I, I see a thing about van life. I'm like, wouldn't van life be cool? And I geeked out on van life. And everyone I talked to was like, wouldn't this be so cool? They're yeah. like, no, it'd be awful. Yeah, I would never, not. I would never do this. But again, God will give you the desires of your heart. And little did I know it was all in preparation. So all these signs are coming. God's saying, get awake and run without you. Mm. God's saying there's a job change coming. This ridiculous obsession with tiny houses mm -hmm. and van life. All of this, I get to this point where things start making sense. I'm able to look mm -hmm. back and I see all of these signs. So I start talking to my parents, start talking to my pastor, and this idea of, well, why don't we look into some internships starts coming up. And every advice that I got was, do not quit your job until you have internships lined up. I sat down with my parents, and they say, you know, I know we, we understand you know, kind of what you're thinking here, but we want you to wait until you have internships lined up. Wow. So I said, you know, okay, I know I'm going to pray about that. So in prayer, and I had um, some advice from a pastor up in Anderson, Pastor St. Clair, and he said, bro, there's not many things that an extended fast, a seven-day fast, can't help you get an answer to. That's right. So I That's went right. on an extended fast, and on this, it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't very far into the fast, but I was on this extended fast, and God just spoke 
I love very how we clearly. both had that experience. You yeah. know, for us it was the building, for you it was direction. Exactly. Going to fast. So I'm I'm in this fast, and just very clearly, um, God says there no internships will open up until you take this step. It's like that's not wow. exactly the. That's not what you. That's wanted. not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> but then after that, the weirdest thing, I heard nothing more from God, but God just impressed a van upon me. I was like. Well, that's mm. a weird course of prayer to go oh, from God saying yeah. no, no doors are going to open to so you're saying buy a van. God said to you hashtag van life. God said to me hashtag van life <laughs> in more or less those words. So I come to my parents and I say, you know, I no, I understand what you're saying, but logically I get it. This doesn't make sense. Mm. Where am I going to get money? I don't know. Yep. How am I going to buy a van and build out a van to live in? I don't know. Where's the building gonna come from? <laughs> Where's this, the money? To this day, uh, my parents, if I'm in Bloomington, like, well, you don't have to sleep in the van tonight. I'm like, you, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's it logically it didn't make sense. But I said I, you know, I don't understand it either. But I feel like nothing will happen mm. until I take that step. I love so it. I quit my job. I bought this van with no internship offers. You sold all that you had. And I sold in. everything that I had. <laughs> and when I published that video, I quit my job and bought a van. Literally, I had zero leads. I had zero people to call. Wow. I had nowhere to go. And I just pushed this video now, out. I remember, now Jordan and I are, are really just getting to know each other. My brothers knew him. Um, but I remember seeing the video come out. And at that time, we didn't know each other very uh -huh. well. And, uh, and I remember telling somebody, I'm like, this guy, Jordan Fry, he literally quit his job, bought a van, and is pursuing ministry. And I remember like kind of laughing about it, but telling people what a step of faith. I remember yeah. using those words. That's a step of faith. It's yeah. you're stepping out. Sometimes the only way is to jump right in and dive into what God has. Absolutely. So where I am right now, there's two seasons. There's a season of preparation and contentment. You know, mm. I, I wasn't in a season where I was uncontent. And what you have to realize is sometimes stepping out in faith isn't always going to be stepping out of a bad situation. You might mm. be stepping out of a good situation. Right, right. And making that decision isn't always an easy decision. But another quote from Charles Swindle is coming into a book, a book club today. But another quote from Charles Swindle, he says that great communicators, or he's talking about preachers um, and people in ministry, will joyfully sacrifice anything keeping them from their calling wow. because the price paid in frustration and mediocrity is too great of a price to pay to ignore God's design. That's amazing. So there were things I walked away from that I enjoyed. Yeah. I won't get much into the relationship aspect, but I was in a, a, a long relationship that had been almost two years. Um, things were go getting serious. I was in a job that had a good future. I was in my field. Yeah. I was enjoying my career. I had literally the job changed while it wasn't something I was really interested in. It was a promotion with wow. a raise. I was going to be making thousands more a year than I had That's been making. Incredible. And it came to the point where all of the logic said, wait, you're in a good job. You've got good mm. things going on. Just wait. Wait. Yeah. But logic wasn't my evidence. My evidence was I could look back and see the signs. God said, "Get awake and ready." Mm -hmm. God said a job change was coming. God told me when I was um, I was praying over the campus ministry one day was that 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 season was preparation yeah. to learn how to love people. Wow. So that was the initial founding preparation. But then when I got to that point where I had a decision to make, mm -hmm. faith, wasn't, faith wasn't my substance anymore, but it became my evidence to mm -hmm. say, I see these signs, I'm gonna step into faith being my substance mm. for this new season. 
So it's all cyclical. So in both yeah. of the stories, there's seasons where faith is your substance, and then there comes a point where usually there's a decision to make, and you have a choice whether to use faith as your evidence yeah. or to choose to ignore God's calling and yeah. God's design. And I wanna I wanna add that, you know, for for everybody, it, it can be different Absolutely. for each individual. Absolutely. And so, by no means are we telling you. Um, quit your job, yeah, quit your sell job. everything. Yeah, because sometimes God speaks, stay. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. be still and know that I am God. And if you ignore that, and you're still going to pay the price it, for frustration exactly and right. And oftentimes God speaks, go. Yeah. Go forth into all the world and preach the gospel. Go. And so really you have to prayerfully and you have to prayerfully consider, but also go to the spiritual authority in your life. Exactly. Your stay pastor, under submission. And stay in submission with the authority placed in your life and, and make sure that, first of all, you have their approval. And notice both of us, he went to his pastor, his father, yeah. before that step. But I went to my pastor's one Don't and gave me that day for internships. Don't go to your pastor at 1 a.m. Do not. Maybe not the best idea. You know, my pastor's my father and he lives in the room next door. So <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, that, I think that goes back to the, the very, very beginning of when we were talking about you can't always be staring at God win, God win, God win, yeah. God win. Because if you're only looking yeah. at that and God's telling you to wait, you're going to miss the signs. You're going to miss it. That's and then when right. you get to that point where you're looking back and you say, I don't see any signs that prepared me. Yeah. You weren't looking be up. Be faithful in your season. See, God, yeah. he's, he spoke about seasons. If you're unfaithful in this season because you're preparing for next season, then you're going to miss the mark. God has yeah. placed you where you are yeah. for a purpose, for such a time as this. There is a reason that you are on your job. There is a reason you're still in high school. There's a reason that you're mm -hmm. at your college. And make sure that you honor your season right now. I have a list of hundreds of things that we need to do to this building. Sure. You know, we didn't choose the red carpet. Sure. We didn't choose the fact that uh, that that they picked uh, some of the chandeliers that they did, and we do what we can with what we've got. Sure. But learn to do what you can where you are with yeah. what you've got. And make sure that you honor God in your season, because if yeah. you forsake God in your season seeking for the next, you'll miss the mark. Yeah. And he will not make you a keeper over thousands if you can't be a keeper over few. That's right. So even if you're in that high school, starting the Bible study, yep. do it with everything you Ministry can. Ministry sometimes starts in the janitorial room, and there's no joke. Yeah. Um, and if you were saying, I refuse because it's a small church, or I'm not going to preach there because it's not a large crowd, right. or um, why would I waste my time? Listen, there is never a waste of time in ministry. If it reaches one soul, it was worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the best, I didn't plan on saying this at all, but one of the best pieces of advice that I ever heard was if you feel called to pulpit ministry, which I mm -hmm. think both both of us would agree that we feel called to pulpit ministry, right. stop trying to steal your pastor's pulpit. Yeah. Go make your own pulpit. I love it, bro. Build your pulpit. That's, you know, we've never had that discussion, you and I. Yeah. Uh, but me, I remember at a very young age having that discussion with my father. I always felt like, like, Dad, I don't, I don't want you to necessarily I don't need your Sunday night right but can I go start the Bible study in my school or can I and that's yeah. what it became you build your pulpit um, and sometimes it's the 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 grit and dirt of ministry it's it's uh, framing together your Bible study and going yeah. up and, and and picking piecing the lumber together to mm. you're building your pulpit and and don't forget that that every Bible study you teach 
every time that you use whatever avenues or outlets that you have already in your life yeah. to reach your friends, to impact your school, you are building a pulpit. Utilize the place where you are mm -hmm. to perform what God is seeking to do. Exactly. And I and don't and don't take that. And I think kind of the way I I at first took it was that. Um, my first initial reaction was, oh, maybe desiring to be in a pulpit is wrong. Don't mm. take it as desiring to be in a pulpit is wrong, because if that's what God's placed in your life, that's where you're going to get your grace right. fulfillment. I mean, I, I, well, I, I love video, I love design, I love all that, but yeah. where I feel where I am operating in, where God has called yeah. me and designed me to be, is in a pulpit. But if I would have only looked to that, if I would only look to yeah. say, when am I going to get to that pulpit? When am I going to get to that pulpit? I would have missed the signs and the preparation yeah. that would have that allowed me to step into a season where I could be behind a pulpit in addition to all of the other yeah. avenues that he brought up through. We have similar connections there because uh, for a long time, videography, marketing, graphics design, yeah. web design, that's always been my area. And, it's and very important. Go watch all the other episodes because yeah. we talk about that in yeah. all the other episodes. And, and you know, that's still a very important area to yeah. me. But I've actually had to put some of that to the side to sure. focus on my season. Sure. And so um, to the piano player, don't stop playing piano because you think that you're called to be an evangelist. I have seen so many times people wow. forsake their season looking for the next. Wow. Um, to whether you be a musician, whether you're teaching a Bible study, you don't have to stop that in yeah. order to step into the next season. Yeah. God has given you that talent, that ability, that thing for a reason. I want to, this is sort of off topic, but I, I felt to say this, and maybe this is for one person that listens. Leaders do not make followers, leaders make leaders. Mm. The biggest misconception of leadership, for those of you that are watching, listening, and consider yourself a leader, is you are not a leader to build your following. You're a leader to grow his following. Yeah. Leaders grow leaders. Self-replication, training others to replace you, mm. is the key to ministry. Elijah's raise Elisha's. Yeah. If you're a piano player, train, tr be training another piano player. Yeah. If you're a videographer, train some of the young kids to do videography. Yeah. If you're a preacher, a pastor, have someone under you. Who is your Elisha? Because we have to be training and equipping and preparing the next generation. I read, I read in a, um, uh, probably last year or something. It, it, I don't remember who said it, but the quote was, "Any work that stops when mm. a man leaves." was not a work that was worth starting. Wow. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that. And this is, a, this is a work that is worth starting, whether it's spreading yeah. the gospel behind a pulpit over social media. It's a work that is not only worth starting, but yeah. it's worth continuing. So you need to be training yeah. in this season. Tr so, uh, that's so good. It goes back to it. So yeah. in this season, yes, you are here to operate in, say, videography. Your next season, you might not be operating yeah. videography, but videography still needs to be yeah. done. So, so if you didn't train, train someone else to be yeah. in that season when you yeah. step out of it. That's right, and that's just like when you trained um, the the girl to pick up with your to campus pick up ministry. Awakening. Yeah, and, and so you you always, if you're looking to transition into the next season, honor your season by training others to replace you. Because if, as a pastor, you know there are pastors out there that do it all, that unlock the building, that clean the building 
that play the piano, One, that preach stressful. the message. It's extremely <laughs> stressful. And in starting a church, I can even associate with that because right it's now we're at people. a place, you know, sure. you don't have all, all of the volunteers. Sure. Don't be afraid to involve people. Yeah. The, you know, I think there's a misconception that many pastors and leaders are so afraid to involve people mm. because they feel like that somehow it's going to give that person power that if they are not a good person that they're going to destroy the flock or create division mm. and there's this this fear of involving others listen sure. others is your key to revival yeah. involving people is the way that you're going to multiply yourself and multiplication is key yeah. jesus oftentimes scripture all throughout scripture it talks about the principle of multiplication. I preached a message and I talked about not occupying, but multiplying. You know the issue oh, with I Occupy Wall Street? The issue with w Occupy Wall Street, in fact, I read an article about this. They were everywhere. They were on Wall Street, New York City, right. all over the news worldwide, and then they disappeared off the face of the map. And someone wrote an article about them and they said the issue with Occupy Wall Street is that first of all, they didn't have a leader. Clearly define your leader and clearly define your purpose. Yeah. But the main area that I want to focus on is they said they need to get out of the park and they need to get to action on what it is that they're wanting to get accomplished. Yeah. And so they didn't clearly define their leader. They didn't clearly define their purpose. And so therefore, over time, they just dissolved because all they were doing was occupying a street. And our job is not to occupy, our job is to multiply. That's good. Jordan, too many people occupy positions. Too many non-leaders occupy areas of ministry. Yeah. Too many people occupy their schools, occupy their jobs, occupy their cities and their neighborhoods and the area that God has placed them. Don't occupy where you are. Multiply where you are because if you occupy, you're never going to accomplish God's purpose for your life. God teaches us the principle of multiplication. Multiply your school. Multiply what you're doing. Multiply the ministry because if all you're doing is occupying a role, you're truly not fulfilling the work of ministry. The work of ministry is multiplication. Yeah. That's so good. And, and tagging on to that, if you feel called to leadership, I'm gonna see if I can get this um, to focus here. There's this book called Next Generation Leader by Andy Stanley. It was recommended to me by Pastor Nate Whitley um, from Tennessee. And he talks about the same concept and, and not trying to take on everything, but figuring out what God's called you to do and designed you to do yeah. and getting others Train into others. those other positions that can help move the ministry forward. Yeah. Because when, when you're doing everything, not only are you crippling the ministry, but you're crippling yourself. Yeah. You can't operate fully when, you're, when you've got yourself spread too thin. Yeah. So check out that book. And it's with that, read. this is a little plug for some friends of mine. Um, if your church does not currently have a next steps program that equips your people to take their next step in their walk with God, whether they be a first-time guest that yeah. knows nothing about church, nothing about Jesus, or whether it be somebody that's been going 50 years and is looking to volunteer and get involved, mm -hmm. your church needs, listen, it will revolutionize your church. Yeah. Your church needs a next steps program. If you have no clue what I'm talking about, you can contact me, but better than that, go to Motion Conference at First Church in Pearland, Houston, Texas. Yeah. Uh, Pastor uh, Ken Gurley and Pastor yeah. Whaley 
incredible conference, Phenomenal motion conference, and it is a conference that trains and equips church leaders. If you feel stuck, it's the place to be. But motion conference has an, an area or a category that speaks about next steps. Every church needs a next steps program because your people do not need to occupy a pew. They need to multiply what you're already doing. Yeah, I love it. This has been good. It's been really good. I'm loving it. Bring it to a wrap. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Mm -hmm. When you're in this season, let it be your reality. Don't yeah. focus so much on your situation. Let your reality be the rock. Know that Jesus has something for me, that I have something more I can give. And then when it comes to that decision to make, let faith be your evidence and look back and say, beyond any refutation, I know that I need to make this next step into the season. Absolutely. I think we Man. need to make more podcasts, bro. Dude. I've enjoyed doing next this. Next week we'll be here did, for did again. Did y'all see how hard it was to shake hands in, in, a, the, in, van. A, in the van? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, notice also we didn't really move any because there's yeah. not really anywhere to move. Nowhere to go. My my head is on the ceiling right now and now it's not. You see and that? did the good new ceiling look good? It's beautiful, bro. It stops right here, but you can't see that on for, the camera. For van remodels, contact the Vangelist. Thevangelist.com. We'll see you Is next time. Is that a website? Time. Yeah. Okay. It redirects at the moment. I love it. I was so, going to say, yeah. if not, somebody purchased that domain right away. The, the apostolic evangelist.com. Plug it. <laughs> see you next time.